Hello and welcome to Two Kinky Women. We are so excited to be here and we're so excited that you're here and we are going to dish about all things kink related. I am Midnight Lady and my partner in crime is Mistress Gabrielle. Say hello. Hello. Hello everybody. So glad to be here and so glad that you or wherever it is you are, listening to us. We're going to be doing a lot of things, but we want your participation. And one of the ways we get you to participate is if you send us email, questions, comments, at tkw at twokinkywomen.com. And that's a numeric two. So again, that's tkw at twokinkywomen.com. You can also join our email newsletter at twokinkywomen.com. Again, that's the numeric two, twokinkywomen.com. And when you sign up for the email newsletter, you can get your free downloadable beginner's guide to kink. What is kink and how can I do it? So let's talk about what we're going to talk about in terms of the broad scope of the podcast. Almost all the topics are open for discussion, except crimes against children and animals. We, we, we will not have any conversations uh, or answer any questions that cr- crimes are committed against children and animals. So we're very strong about that. Thank you. So we're going to, uh, today's topic is obviously Beginner's Guide to Kink. And what does that mean? And there's a lot of terms that you probably have been uh, around hearing. And of course, the phenomenon of Fifty Shades of Grey has made kink in the news even more and in social media and culture. So without further ado... Let's jump in and get our feet wet. First, we're going to do a a brief explanation of terms. And what do we mean when we say kink? Well, kink is an umbrella term. It means BDSM, bondage, discipline, sadomasochism. But it's not all about pain. It's more about the experience and having fun and enjoying yourself and uh, finding out more about who it is you are and what turns you on. It can be light and sensual, or it can be painful, and that's where the masochists come in. But not everybody's a masochist. A lot of people just like to play and explore kink for what it is. Yes, and so I know she used a lot of terms, um, and we're going to go through all of those terms in in the course of uh, the podcast. So, first thing that we need to do, the very first thing to get involved in the kink scene is to get yourself a free account on FetLife.com. What is FetLife? FetLife is like kinky Facebook. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so it's just like Facebook. You can post pictures, videos. You can like things. You can join groups. You can interact in conversations. Uh, like the old-fashioned bulletin boards uh, back in the day. Um, so it's it's a great way to do that. And you can make friends. You can uh, find out about events. And here's the best part. So if you go up to the events tab, which is at the top of the screen, and it'll say events. And there's two tabs. There's events tab, there's um, and friends events tab. So if you're looking to go to a munch, you're looking to go to a kink event, you're looking to go to a play party, a lot of these different uh, events are categorized by group, by location, and by friends. So once you start getting friends and say, well, I want to go to this event, but I don't want to go alone, you can click on the 
friends tabs and all the events that your friends are going to show up there. So you have, not only can you go to an event, you can go to an event where you know your friend is going to be. So that's a great resource. Now, there's two, also local and national. You put in where you live. Now, you don't have to put in your address, obviously. You don't even have to put in your town. You could put in the next town over if you want that security, privacy. The local tab will tell you every event that's going on local to you or the national tab. Say you are traveling, you're visiting a friend in California, you can click national and it will tell you all the different events going on around the country. I really like FetLife. There are other um, websites out there as well. Um, But um, I find that FetLife is probably uh, the easiest to use. Uh, Their management is most responsive to the users. They have a terrific, terrific um, uh, group of advertisers, excellent advertisers all over the country uh, and in Canada. And the other thing is there are thousands upon thousands of members of FetLife. And it is essentially, I think, uh, and I think most people would agree with me, the best one, the best one out there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that FetLife does really well is groups. There is literally a group for whatever your kink is. I'm sure if you typed in foot play, clown play, littles, um, rope, spanking, anal sex, anal play, whatever your thing is, doesn't even have to be a kink, it could just be a sex thing you like. There's a group for it. Right. And right. when there's a group for it, you go in and people post conversations. And that's basically what it is. It's a conversation. So FetLife is also a great opportunity to learn about a lot of things. Because a lot of these conversations, particularly if you say, uh, if you look for something like consent, mm-hmm. uh, you'll find a huge amount of things uh, posted in Facebook uh, about consent. The other thing I like very much, um, I said Facebook. I meant to say that life in any <laughs> event. Uh, the other thing that I like uh, very much um, uh, about FetLife is you can join and just set up a very, very simplified cursory um, profile for yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give very much information in this profile. You can always go back to it later and do whatever you want to do. Uh, you can um, uh, set yourself up with descriptors such as um, I'm dominant, I haven't decided yet, I'm submissive, maybe I'm both, otherwise known as being the switch. Um, as uh, Midnight Lady just said, you don't even have to say where you live. Um, if you're in, say, for example, uh, in New York City, you could say that you're in Brooklyn or you could say you were in Westchester. Totally up to you. But a lot of people may look to see where you are and then contact you based on that. Now, what's contacting? Contacting means sending you a message. Send an email. They do email mm-hmm. uh, on FetLife. You can get an email and someone can... Um, follow you on FetLife. They can friend you on FetLife. They can send you an email, but it stays on FetLife. It does not show up, you know, uh, anywhere else. It and stays you can, Right. And FetLife. you can ask FetLife to alert you when uh, yes. other people have posted uh, to your account to send a message saying, yes. Um, I'd like to welcome you aboard or whatever the case, mm-hmm. case may Notifications. be. Notifications. So it's totally and completely safe. It's very well yes. run. And it's a good place to find like-minded individuals. Absolutely. We're not paid by um, FetLife, FetLife, by the no, way. No, we're not. But, <laughs> but I, we have to say, we have to say, both of us have been in the scene almost 25 years. Right. And uh, FetLife is a wonderful thing in that, Back when we first started in the scene 20-something years ago, there was no FetLife. There was bulletin boards on AOL and... Um, on CompuServe. Remember CompuServe? CompuServe? Yes, Good yes. Grief. And, you know, 
back page ads from the Village Voice and, and different. So FetLife for us is like a candy store because we're like, you mean I don't have to like word of mouth and, and send uh, my address to a P.O. box and get it, you know. So let's move on to now we got this account on FetLife and what's a munch? Let's get involved in our local community. So let's talk about what a munch is. What is a munch? I'll tell you what a munch is. It looks like uh, your grandma's birthday party at a little restaurant or diner, only uh, maybe there's one or two people the age of your grandma, but not really. Uh, It's a bunch of people sitting around, talking, having a meal, socializing, and you would never think they were anybody different than those people who would attend your grandma's birthday party. No scene clothing, nothing outrageous. It's a vanilla setting. And uh, generally speaking, people get together at this restaurant. It's advertised on FetLife, or if you're talking to people who are a little scene savvy, they'll tell you there's a munch next week at the diner on Route uh, 46 or whatever it happens to be. And you show up at 7.30 and uh, you order something, separate checks or whatever the case may be. You walk around, you meet people. The host or hostess of the munch uh, should make sure that you're introduced to other people sitting at your table. Sometimes it's one big long table. Sometimes it's a bunch of smaller tables, etc. But that's what a munch is. You go and you munch. I can't tell you the number of times I've had men send me emails because they want to play. And then I'll say to them, all right, I'll meet you at a munch. Oh, I can't, I, I can't go to a munch. Why can't you go to a munch? Uh, I wouldn't want somebody to know I was kinky. No one will know you're kinky because you had dinner at a restaurant with people. No one's going to come in the door and say, oh, my God, there's Bob eating dinner with all those people. He must be kinky. I think people get scared. They get nervous. Oh, my God, I'm going to get outed. You know, it really isn't that kind of a thing. There's no megaphone. There's no whips and chains on the tables. You know, so you you have to um, go to this munch and know and have safety and security that that you're not going to be outed for eating a meal in a restaurant with other people who are kinky. So what's our number one rule for getting involved in your local community? You got to leave the house and go. You have to leave your house. You have to show up at the restaurant at the right time, get out of your car, step off the bus, whatever it is, go into the restaurant and ask for the group. Now, if it's a well-established munch, and most of these munches are very well-established, the ho- the restaurant staff knows us. They, they're like, oh, yeah, they're in the back room. Usually, we om- sometimes you get a private room, which is even better. Um, so, but you have to leave the house. You, you have to brave and the social anxiety, get out of your car, and go in. But there are people who don't want to do that. And no. their entire kink life or seen life is going yeah. to be held uh, on the computer. On the computer, right. Exactly. And that is such a, for me, kink is my life. And that's such a sad way to live your life where you can't be who you are. Uh, my finding the scene was the best thing I've, I've ever done in my life, apart from, you know, my husband and my kid, you know, stuff like that. But in terms of personal development and who I am and, and finding a place that I could call home place where people love me for my shit and I'm kinky and they love it you know um so what's the number two rule if number one is leaving your house what's the number two rule you have to be consistent and go more than once you have to go to the munch regularly munches generally speaking are every month yes the only way you meet people the only way people are going to want to talk to you mm-hmm. 
is if they know who you are and consistency develops who you are. Yes. You're there. You're friendly. You meet people. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're incredibly shy, outrageously shy, so shy that you're afraid to even look at somebody or talk to somebody or whatever, bring your friend with you so they can help you and you have a little support. So you don't feel as bent out of shape. And you're not walking alone into a room. Right. That with all these people staring at you. If it's a good, right. If it's a good host or hostess, they will see you come into the room and they oh, will make you feel welcome. They will greet you. They will greet and, you. And they will right. uh, pass you around. They will introduce you around. Right. Uh, I know I did, um, I was the welcome wagon for my local kink group when I lived in Jersey. So that was my main job. I see people coming in. I would greet them, reassure them that they're in the right place, find out a little bit about them, and introduce them to the people who like the same things they do. Oh, you like rope? Oh, here, let me introduce you to Bob. And that's Mary. She loves rope. And that's Steve over there. You're going to learn a lot from Steve. You know, I would make sure that people were where they should be. Now, I have to say this because we are women. Inherently, women are at a higher risk for uh, sexual assault, things of that nature. And the reason that we're emphasizing munches, meeting in public, munches public, is because of this very fact. And it's it's men also. It's men and women, but yes. primarily women. You know, this is on a woman's mind. You know, I'm not just going to go meet somebody in their car. You never do that. Ever. So, what's Ever. a munch? It's a great way great to meet place. somebody. You're out in public. You're with like-minded individuals. If something goes wrong, somebody's going to fix it. people around. Right. And here's what I tell any prospective man that wants to meet me. I say, meet me at a munch. Well, I can't do that. Well, then I can't meet you. Well, why not? Because if you can't show up at a munch in front of people, then there's something wrong. Maybe not with him, but there's something wrong with that equation. Why is he not willing to be seen with other people? That's a red flag for me. For me. So I have some other tips. Never meet men at their home or go to their car. If you want to meet someone and you don't, you want to meet them sooner than a munch, let's say, meet them at a restaurant connected to the mall. Well, that's mall. an interesting idea. Why do you say that? You get there early, mm-hmm. park your car at the other end of the mall. Right. And Sears. And then the restaurant is all the way by Macy's. So when you go into the restaurant, you go through the mall and go to Macy's, and go to the restaurant near Macy's. They say, oh, this has been great. Let me walk you to your car. No, no, thank you. I have some shopping I'm going to do. This has been very nice. Thank you so much. They will, if they follow you through the mall, you'll know that they're a danger and you won't see them again. They won't know where you parked, so they can't follow you home. I know these sound extreme, but this stuff happens. They can't follow you. They can't, fo- they can't approach you while you're getting into your car and overpower you. Now, you can go with a friend to the restaurant. Your friend does not have to sit in the booth with you. Your friend can sit three booths away. They could already even be there, and they don't even know your friend is there. That's for safety. Or you can plan a safe call 30 minutes into your meeting and at the end of the date when you're safe. A safe call is you call them and say, okay, I'm here at the restaurant. He just showed up. You get back into your car. You're driving home. Okay, I'm I'm home now. I'm in the car. I'm safe. We're good. Or you can do a safe text. But there is a danger with that. So you need to use a code word to signal danger without alerting your date. So if your code word is uh, fat-free milk, they see you typing fat-free milk. Oh, that's just my roommate. I need fat-free milk because she was going to the market. 
So your safe text person says fat-free milk. Okay, she's in trouble. And then you plan accordingly or whatever you do. You know. There are lots of techniques uh, yes. for safety. There are a lot of different things that you can do for safety. Um, one of my friends always meets at a uh, coffee house where she uh, knows the owner. And the owner is uh, always, well, most of the time on the premises. If she sits there long enough, the owner will show up. So this is always a good option, something along those lines. We're emphasizing safety because that's what we're about. We're about yep. safety. There's all kinds of people in this world. And I would like to think that most of the people that I run into, most of the people that I've met over the years were um, valued by me that were good. But there were a couple Mm -hmm. that left something to be desired. I was never personally in fear for my life or in fear of uh, anything else happening. But there were a couple of really weird situations and i would have loved Mm -hmm. the opportunity to have gotten uh, a text back uh, or a call from my safe call person or whatever Um, and that's another technique Um, call your girlfriend kim and say kim can you uh call me in about an hour Mm -hmm. uh no more than an hour and five minutes and um it will either be an emergency and I have to leave or, wow, it's great to hear from you. I'll call you back when I get home. Yeah. So the thing is, there's a lot of different techniques. Use your head. It's just like dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't go meet somebody um, someplace where there is um, a, a high uh, possibility of getting your ass into trouble. What we want to do is avoid that. It takes all kinds. So you, you go to the munch and you make friends. And you see that so-and-so is having a party at their house. You're like, there's a party? You mean you people, like, do this stuff? Like, <laughs> you know, do the stuff? Oh, do yeah. the kink? Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about, you got that invitation. People vetted you. You went to enough munches. What's vetting? Vetting. Okay, so vetting is the play parties at people's private homes. Well, they're not just going to invite some anybody from off the street. You need to come to the munch several times to prove that you are, in fact, sane, that you're not a serial killer in the making or, or mentally, you know. Or a sex offender. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that you're not a criminal, you know. You need, you need to just be a nice person. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. So that they can feel safe when they invite you into their home. Some people go so far as to ask you for references. Yes. And mm-hmm. we are a very, very tight-knit group. Mm-hmm. And if you turn out to be someone who is an unsafe player, eventually, probably sooner rather than later, you will be drummed out of the seat. You will stop getting parties. You will stop being invited to things. Because if you prove to your, to be an unsafe player, and we are all about safety and education here at Two Kinky Women, and if you prove to that, to be that kind of a person, your opportunities for play will dry up and you and, will have to go somewhere else. Right. And uh, there are plenty of people um, on uh, FetLife who will, um, uh, without naming names, let's put it that way, without naming names, uh, tell you that, uh, you know, the fellow who just showed up or the woman who just showed up at the uh, Westchester Munch uh, is somebody uh, perhaps you ought to uh, avoid without naming names. So this is uh, also, you know, it's safety in numbers, but you really need to use your head just like any other kind of social uh, event, social occasion, you need to use your head. And uh, sooner or later, um, you'll realize how important that is and why you really do want to use your head. Yeah, so we got that invitation to the play party. Now ooh, what do we do at a play party? What, what do we do what? now? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> what do we do now? We what got... should I wear? Can I wear nothing? Who's going to be there? What are they doing? Is there equipment? Are there toys? How do I, can I use the toys? What what do I do? Right. Okay, so 
We're very excited. I know my first play party blew my mind. Just blew my mind. So, play party is where the kink happens. It's where the spanking and the rope bondage and the caning and the whipping and the foot play and uh, doms and subs and energy exchange where we had said in the beginning, it's more about the experience. Whatever you're into, that's it's about the experience. So we like to practice kink safely. We like to watch other players exchange energy. That is amazing. So it's, there's a, yeah. lots of voyeurism going on. Ooh. It's a safe, <laughs> yes. It's a safe environment to watch and learn. Midnight Lady, do I have to play if I go to a play Oh, God, party? no. No? No, no, no. We are very casual, come as you are. Play, don't play, watch. Um, it's just this, it's like Willy Wonka's house. It's also an opportunity to socialize. Yes, and meet people and, meet people. and find out about stuff. And you can say, I really like the way you tied her up. Can you talk to me about that? I want to tie people up too. Or I really like the way you tied her up. Do you think you could tie me up like that? You know, and that's the that's the next thing we're going to talk about is the how do you do the things that you want to do? You want to um, start slow and simple if you're new. And there's no obligation to do anything. There's no obligation no. to play. There's no obligation to do anything at all. Most play parties that are held um, in private homes or at... Um, hotels. I uh, used to have a friend who did the most wonderful play parties at hotels and uh, he would take a couple of rooms mm-hmm. and one of those rooms was, was a socialization days. room. There'd good be days. some food and drink, no alcohol, no food and drink. We kind of looked down on stimulants at a, um, uh, at a play party. And the reason is, is that let's face it, folks, we are doing uh, things Risky. That are yeah, it's risky. risky. It's risky. People can get hurt. You have to have your head in the right place, and, right. and that means mm-hmm. no weed, no alcohol, no ecstasy, Nothing. no meth, no anything. High okay? on kink. High on kink. That sounds much more <laughs> like it. But you don't have to do anything when you go to a play party. And again, no, there's don't. usually an area for socialization. Uh, at um, at the Femdom House that I uh, am a member of, our dungeon space, our party space is down in the basement, and upstairs in the living room, everybody sits around and talks mm-hmm. and has a wonderful time. We listen to some music, we eat, uh, we drink, uh, and uh, we get to know each other, and we carry on the conversations that will perhaps lead yes. to a play date. Yeah, so here, so now you've decided that you want to play. Oh, how does that happen? So, first of all, you have to have the self-confidence and the, and the assertiveness to ask for what you want. Ask for what you need. And don't be afraid to be told no. And, yeah, so we're It's gonna, like dating. Yeah, so we're going to come in, we're going we're, we're gonna to discuss that a little bit further down on, when we talk about playing safely in negotiation and consent. So the other thing that you need to understand, now, some players are very experienced, like, like myself and Mistress Gabrielle, we're very experienced players. You may see something that is very intense, or you may see something that is just plain objectionable to you. You don't have to watch or participate. You can leave the area. For me personally, I can't watch, be part of, hear anything having to do with breast play. That, to me, is a huge red flag limit for me. Am I going to object that someone else is doing it in front of me? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm going to leave the room. There, it, Like I said, it's a kind of candy store. Go into another room, watch something else. Go into another room, watch something else. Go get a drink. 
have a conversation over the chip dish. You know, like, there's tons of things that you do not have to participate and you do not have to watch. But it's a good place a lot of the times to be exposed oh, yes. to certain things you've only thought about yes. or only talked about or only read about. You may There may be people at that play party who are doing things like, for example, electric play. Whoa, what is that? Well, watch and find out. It's kind of interesting. Yes. And but that doesn't mean you have to do it. No. 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 And you might see it and have a visceral response and say, oh, my God, I've got to do that. Or, oh, my God. That shit freaks my shit out. I'm out of here. Right. So you have to be open to being either one. Now, don't be intimidated by veteran players. Why? Because we were all beginners once. Every single person in the scene, no matter how many years, decades, they've been a part of the scene. I remember my first play party like it was yesterday. That was almost 25 years ago. So we were all beginners once. So, And usually at most play parties, there's a good, good cross-section of experience. And uh, also at some, some play parties, um, there can be a demo. Yeah. And sometimes a demo without ever really intentionally planning a demo. It just turns out that way. Um, there are exhibitionists in the scene. <laughs> not oh, me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not an exhibitionist. Right, no, not me. Right. And, <laughs> and some people enjoy that, enjoy showing off or performing or whatever the case may be. Other people may have objections to that. But generally speaking, um, demos at play parties are a lot of fun. And if you're feeling extraordinarily brave the first time you go to a play party, you might even... Nominate yourself to be <laughs> a person who participates in that particular scene. But we'll talk about that in a little yes. bit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's go over some terms now. Yeah. So that when we move into negotiations and consent and playing safe, you have the terms and that terminology. Because if you are new to the scene, you don't know what the terms mean. And sometimes they can be a little scary. So when we say power exchange... We mean the relationship between the top and the bottom. And it doesn't have to involve pain. It doesn't have to involve spanking or caning or whipping. It could be rope. The top is the rigor and the bottom is the person who gets tied up. Um, So there is the power exchange is, again, the umbrella. And then we have... The dominant and submissive. Now, if you think about it this way, it's a relationship between the two parties. It's like going steady. Remember you used to go steady with your boyfriend? Uh, So the submissive agrees to be commanded and directed by the dominant. And the dominant agrees to care and protect for the submissive. Now, then you have master and slave. So what... What can we say about master and slave? What kind of relationship it's is that? It's a different that? dynamic. Master-slave is, is definitely a, a different dynamic. Again, FetLife is a good place to learn about this as well. So are other places on the Internet. And uh, there are organizations that support that lifestyle, the master-slave dynamic. And uh, generally speaking, it is more circumscribed than a quote-unquote dom-sub or DS relationship. And the reason I say that is because there is generally speaking some sort of an agreement or a contract in place amongst the uh, the partners. Now, it's usually a master and a slave, but it could be a master with a household with multiple slaves, very possible. Um, but let's just talk about the one-on-one thing, and I'm the master and you're the slave. And essentially, that does not mean that you do or are uh, a victim of anything it is that I want to do. We still have negotiation. Mm-hmm. We still have safe words. We still have consent to deal with. And essentially what we're talking about is something that is a little bit more involved um, regularly speaking. Whereas you might not see your partner in a DS relationship more than, say, once a week or once every couple of weeks or maybe even once a month. A master-slave dynamic is generally speaking all the time. You'll find a lot of master-slaves live with each other. They live together. 
Some of them are husband's wives. Some of them are boyfriend, girlfriend. Some of them are girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever it happens to be. But generally speaking, there is more on the line in terms of a proscribed way of operating. And by that, again, we talk about what is expected, what is negotiated, what is contractual. Many master slaves do have a contract where they talk about what is and what isn't part of their dynamic. And everything is open for negotiation. Your warning bells ring when things are not open for negotiation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay? Compromise is a big word yes. in the scene. My husband and I are kinky together. And I have been under contract for, uh, well, a couple of years now because of COVID. But I actually have something like 48 things that I need to complete on my contract to be considered for collaring with my dominant husband. So this is definitely a, a lifestyle choice that my husband and I choose to live in. And and that list of 48 things that I have to do, um, that signifies my consent. It not only signifies my consent, but it shows uh, my willingness to complete those items because it is what I choose to do. And some follow of them, through. Follow through, right. Oh, absolutely. And a commitment to the commitment. relationship. Right. And this, for me... This is a lifestyle. Right. This is how we choose to live our life. Right. This is how we live. This is our lifestyle. Right. It, it's not something that we do in the bedroom only or something that we do whenever we have time. Or but we, some people do that. They're, and that that's, is, fine. that's fine too. Right. That's, that's their right how they manage their relationship. And it's an activity on their part, and they enjoy the activity. It brings spice to their lives. It could be uh, foreplay. That's also uh, very possible. That's perfectly fine. Uh, uh, What I'm saying is that there are, it's a whole uh, spectrum of people who live, you know, 24-7, which that will be a future podcast. Um, And then... So we have those terminology. We have those terms now. So let's move on to um, weekend. Oh, before we before we do that, Jim, let me ask you one other thing. Let me interrupt sure. and just ask you one other thing. You mentioned collaring. Okay? Yes, yes. That's that's um, um, something I just wanted to maybe say just a little bit more about or define sure. that a little bit more because what does that mean, collaring? And I see a lot of people, you know, when we first get into the scene and yes. they notice, ooh. They're wearing collars. What does that mean? A collar is similar to uh, a collaring ceremony. Is like a wedding. Your commitment to this other person and their commitment to you. And so, what you do when you get wet, you you get wed. When you are wed, you have wedding rings. You wear wedding rings that say, "I married this person." Well, the collaring is very similar to that. The collar represents that wedding ring. So okay. you are... It's a symbol of commitment. It's a symbol of commitment. Right. Um, it's not a legal commitment. It's not a legal binding commitment. But it is a commitment. It, you're with that person and you have that kind of DS lifestyle and that commitment with that person. Now, you were saying in your relationship, you have to fulfill certain contractual obligations yes. before you get collared. Yes. But some people collar other people or have them under consideration for collaring. Yes. Or uh, they throw a collar on them right away you know before it, they go to an event. You know what it boils down to? Whatever you want it to boil there down to. Exactly. Whatever you want it to mean. Right. right. You could put a collar on on everybody you play with (laughs) or you can save that activity for that someone special that you want that relationship with gotcha it's whatever it means to you that's one of my biggest best people that i knew in the scene kink is whatever you make it that's what he said kink is whatever you want it to be that's kink and go hog wild have a good time with it. 
So as we move on to that, so we have the play party. We can talk about weekend, weekend king events. Oh my God, those are the best. Boy, have I missed doing oh, stuff. I mean, COVID. the last thing I did was in was Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness, 20, Thanksgiving 2019. 2019. And then COVID hit in March that of 2020, and that was it. So what is a weekend kink event? Do it tell. is It is... Kink immersion. Intensive kink. You just, you <laughs> show up on Friday. Yep. We usually take over the whole hotel, if not several hotels in the area. There's so many of us. They cover up all the windows with like curtains and you get security. And once you're in, you get your badge that has your name on it, your kink name. And you are 24-7 kink. You classes and demos. demos and play and vendors. They sell shit. Great that, vendors. Where to buy it? Terrific vendors. People walking around with no clothes. People walking Boy, around with a lot of clothes. People walking around in furry suits. People, men walking around look like women. Women walking around look like men. Um, there's no, there's, there's no end to it. There's no end to it. Latex, latex, vinyl, oh, um, corsets, corsets, just kilts, everything, everything, and the mixers and the special events and something for everybody something the, for everybody the pony, rank beginners pony play pony play and and uh, doggy class yes and, oh my and auctions slave <laughs> auctions i mean it's like you know it sound like we've been away from the kink event oh, for too we long haven't so we, long. Yeah, we, we really miss it so it. much oh my god i and hope that things change really when quickly. when my husband and i go to these events I am twenty four seven in that role. Right. I, there is no. I don't. You know. I don't feel like it tonight, honey. Like that is, in you know, and and in previous relationships where I have been collared to previous uh, people, I wore that collar twenty four seven until we left the hotel Sunday afternoon. So, weekend events are great. It's immersion therapy. It's like you are just, you know, neck deep in the kink. Um, and that's a whole nother episode is how to get the most out of the convention. Because there's so much we could say about that, that we'd be here three days if we talked about it today. Right. So the only thing I do want to say, though, when it, I think that this is really, really important is if you're a rank beginner, uh, there's nothing uh, more exciting than an event or a convention. Yes. No one is going to force you to do anything. No one is going to make you do anything. Come into the hotel. If you don't live close by, most people don't. Get into your room. Put on something uh, semi-exciting or whatever. Whatever you feel like wearing, actually. You can wear jeans and a t-shirt, but eh. In any event, um, just put on some clothes. Walk out into that lobby and keep your eyes open, even if you are a rank beginner. Yes. It's just tremendous. You're going to see so much. First time I went to a humongous event was a humongous event down in the yeah. Washington, D.C. area. I heard it before I saw it. <laughs> uh, the sounds, the sounds of the equipment being used on people, the sounds of hooves, hooves, I said hooves, H-O-O-V-E-S, crossing the room, the humongous room. It was like the size of an underground parking lot. Yes, and uh, when yes. I finally saw what was going on, it was like, oh, I have found MG. my home. <laughs> this is it. Oh, wow. MG. This is just terrific. Again, don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Um, you're always allowed to say no, no matter what. Um, ML, are you want to talk about um, the fact that there's a slew of things going on in an event? Yes. It's like a, a Baskin Robbins store with 31 flavors, and you get to pick the flavors you like. Oh, it's it, it's just it, it's it's overwhelming to say the least, but overwhelming in a good way. And if you find uh, that you are too overwhelmed, retreat back to your room, take a nap. Watch a little television, do something, play a game on your phone, you know. Take a moment, breathe, get something to eat, then come back. 
go to a demo. Go to a demo. Go to a demo. Um, uh, meeting people in the scene. They're usually at the at the events, down. which are which is really really good if they're they're run properly. There are um, um, classes for everybody at every level, yeah. and you can start with, uh, with with the rank amateurs like you. So the I think one of the best parts of a kink event is the dungeon party in the oh, evening. Indeed. Now. You go to someone's house, they might have a couple of pieces of equipment. A dungeon party is, think about a convention space. And then you go for your fishing convention or gun show or scrapbook show, like, and, you know, and there's vendors and there's tables. Okay. But then you go to a kink convention and you go into the convention hall and there's not just a couple of benches. There is kink as far as you can see there's dozens of pieces of bondage furniture crosses a whip area uh benches um massage tables massage tables medical stuff if you want to do medical play uh blood play like piercing um branding whatever you're there's rope, roping rope, rigs. Rope area, uh, suspension area, if you want to do suspension. I mean, and usually if they're set up well, they're set up in a circle. Well, there is uh, equipment in the middle of the circle, so it's a ring. And then there is equipment on the outer. And what you do is you walk the circle and you walk around and you watch everything that's going on in the circle in the middle and on the outer edges. And there's quieter places where if you didn't want a lot of people watching you, you can go into the corner and nobody sees you. Or me, I'm in the middle circle. Right. There are people who are more exhibitionists than there are other people. But lots of people like to play in the public areas of an event because they want to see and be seen. And it's also an opportunity to do something that we used to call S&M, which was stand and model. In (laughs) other words, all that phenomenal scene type clothing, the gorgeous latex and the leather and the corsets and the beautiful dresses Mm -hmm. and the guys in their kilts and their... Oh my gosh! You know, it's like, masks, uh, headpieces, we whatever it is, um, you're you're showing off all the stuff, and it's like a really terrific throwback to a phenomenal Friday or Saturday night at a club, and but instead of dancing, it's, people are doing other things. You know what it is? It's the red carpet at the Oscars. Right, it's great. Usually it's great. Saturday night is when all the finery comes right, out. Right. right. Um, so not only do you get to see. All of the people getting whipped and spanked and, and tied up and suspended and, and rope bondage and, and needle play and... Wax. Wax. I mean, human ponies. It was amazing. First time I ever saw up, it. Tied up to a cart yeah. and a woman with a whip. And these human ponies are pulling this cart with this woman. I mean, yeah. First yes. time I ever saw it, I'll never forget it. It made such an impact. So you decide right. you want to play. So what do we do? How do we do and discuss the things we want to do? And what you don't want to do is equally as important. Those First thing you got to have. Limits. Right. First thing you got to have, a safe word. Yes. Well, okay. we're gonna we're going to come to that in just one second. Okay. That's we're going to discuss that more in depth because we really want to go over that. But what we're going to do just for this moment right now, we're going to discuss consent. And like we said before, it's like Baskin Robbins and Thirty One Flavors. You don't have to try or taste all Thirty One Flavors. You get to pick what you like. You know, they give you those little spoons that takes the little, the, all the different flavors. Kink is like that. And again, we're going to say this again because it bears repeating. You are allowed to say no. No. And beware of anyone who tells you you have to say yes to anything. They are not safe players because they are breaking the cardinal rule about consent. Consent. You do not have to do it if you don't want to do it. 
you give consent to do it. So we're negotiating these things. We're telling people what we want. We're telling people what we don't want and what we will not do and should not have to do. Anybody that tells you differently, not a safe player. Now you need to pick the safe word which you mentioned earlier. Now, I have a very funny story on safe words. A safe word is the thing that lets the dominant know that there's either uh, either the scene is loving it, it's great, I love it, keep going, do more. I'm not too sure about this. I'm not too sure about this. I don't want to stop, but I'm not too sure about this. Let's just slow down or stop altogether. This, this is just wrong. Stop right now. Dead stop. So my story is I was new in the scene and I was playing with someone who was, um, we were doing really intense. There was a lot of noise, a lot of talking. The music was playing. And we used the safe word albatross. Albatross. Well, between the loud music and I'm shouting my safe word, albatross, albatross. And he's not stopping. Um, He misunderstood me and he thought I was saying, you're the boss. You're the boss. And he was shocked when I, like, pushed him and said, dude, I said my fucking safe word, like, three times. He goes, that was your safe? I thought you were saying I'm the boss. I'm the... No, I wasn't saying that. So, here is something, is a tip from my own experience. When you pick a safe word... Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Something (laughs) like green is good green is great yellow slow down i'm not sure and red stop stop immediately now if you are topping you're not bottoming you want to be at the top you want to be the one that does the things you want to always check in with your bottom to see how they're doing especially if they're new if you're doing pickup play in the dungeon because Basically, unless you come with somebody or you have friends, if you're playing with someone new, we call that pickup play. Uh, you want to check in with them. And there are ways to do this in a sexy way. Ask them, especially if there is pain involved, how are they doing on a one to five pain scale? One being, this is awesome. I, I can take more. And five being, oh my God, I, I can't take any more. I'm done. So you can, and you can do that. You can whisper it in their ear and in a way that's sexy. And Hey, tell me how you're doing, you know, so that they, so it doesn't interfere with the scene or, or, you know, um, playing produces endorphins and a headspace similar to being tipsy. So let's hear Mr. Scabrielle, tell us a little bit more about aftercare and what that entails. Particularly, I think uh, newer players need need uh, to understand how important aftercare really is. Uh, to use uh, a term which is uh, slam bam, thank you, ma'am. That's not what we do, or at least that's not what we're supposed to do. Some mm. people don't need aftercare. I find aftercare is um, uh, is is really nice, and generally speaking, as a dominant, I like it. Now, what My exactly? Is what exactly is aftercare? What it does that means mean? not running away from the person you just played with. Uh, it means uh, taking care of the individual and continuing to check in with that individual after the actual play is over. At an event or at somebody's dungeon party, there's usually people waiting for equipment, so it's very nice to unhandcuff or unclip your uh, uh, or untie your bottom and then walk that person over to a couple of chairs or a sofa uh, or a bed or even a cozy part of the floor. Sit down with that person, wrap them maybe in a blanket, ask them, are you cold? Put a blanket over their shoulders. You want some water? 
Mm-hmm. Bring a bottle of water, whatever it happens to be. And a little bit of candy. A little bit of candy, because a lot of times uh, people who are playing, uh, their sugar Drops. is really dropped after yep. all that excitement and after all those endorphins are cursing through your body. So the idea is to sit down, relax. You don't have to talk. Maybe you'll talk. Some, I had a boy once who was just so charming. He used to... Um, uh, recite Shakespearean sonnets mm. to me in French as part of the aftercare. I, uh. I was thinking I was giving him aftercare. I was because I was listening to him. And, I, and it that was, was just wonderful. lovely. It was. It was beautiful. It really was. It was just lovely. And uh, we snuggle a little bit and this and that. And then, uh, you know, if it's pickup play, you go your own way or whatever the case may be. Sometimes it's an, an intro into something a little bit more intense. Like, mm. for example... When can we play again? You talk about it. Yes. Um, do you want to play again? Or you might even say to somebody, not right away, but you would say to somebody, so so tell me, what was the high point? What did you enjoy the most? Or what did you not like? Yes. What, what, did, what was it that I was doing that you could have done without? And here is a prime opportunity to learn for yourself as well as that person um, I had an experience where I was, we did the negotiation. We did the, hey, I want to be spanked. Went, oh, I want to spank you too. Again, these are all lessons I learned early in my kink lifestyle choice. Um, I'm a very sensual player. I will not beat the crap out of you. I won't do it. That's just not who I am. That's how I like to play. I'm very touchy, very sensual, and a little bit of bite. Because you gotta keep it, you know, gotta keep them on their toes. Um, so we did the scene, and at the end of the scene, he was actually pissed at me. He was angry with me because I didn't beat the crap out of him. That taught me a very valuable lesson. You need to have that negotiation. You can't just say, I wanna spank somebody. How do you want them spanked? What do you wanna spank them with? How long do you wanna spank them for? Um, those kinds of things would have been helpful in that negotiation because then he wouldn't have gotten mad at me at the end of the scene because I didn't give him what he thought he wanted. But nobody said, what do you want? How much do you want? How do you want it? I didn't think to do that. He didn't think to say, I want you to beat the crap out of me. And I didn't think to say, I don't beat the crap out of people. I don't do that. If you know somebody for a while and if you've paid with them for a while, what ends up happening is that you know their style and you know what they can take, what they can't take. But that does not necessarily mean that they want to go heavy hog either. Uh, A lot of times it's beneficial just to ask somebody, um, do you want to play like we've played before or do you want something a little bit different? The other thing, too, in terms of negotiation is some people may not feel comfortable playing in public uh, undressed. Mm. And there is no rule saying that you have to be undressed. Uh, one of the wonderful things about all the finery that we wear is that keeping some of it on, or all of it for that matter, on can be very, very sexy, very, very hot. And the kind of play you're doing can be verbal, could be very sensual, and can absolutely not take place any place whatsoever on that person's trunk. But instead on their arms, their ears. Nipples. Their, exactly. <laughs> Their feet, their legs, their thighs, whatever it happens to be. Their face, whatever it happens to be. So that's also important about negotiation because I I, I know that a lot of times male doms will expect the women uh, to uh, undress completely. And it can be very uh, off-putting to some women and they're paranoid to say no because they're afraid now, oh, now this guy's not going to want to play with me. But So let's go into... Now, someone asks you to play, but you do not feel a connection with them whatsoever. Um, Whatever it is, you're tired, you're hungry, whatever it is, you have the right to decide whether you play with that person or not. And they have the right to decide whether they want to play with you or not. So it's inevitable. Someone is going to ask you to play and you have the right to say no. Or you're going to ask someone 
to play and they're going to say no. So how do we do that? What is the number one rule to saying no to play or hearing someone say no to you about playing? It's the number one rule in life, which is to be kind. Be kind. I mean, turn somebody down nicely. I mean, you don't have to no be a reason. bitch. There is absolutely... Or a son of a bitch. I mean, there's yes, just no reason. There's no reason no, to be mean. Not at all. And you don't need to give a reason. You right. could just say, thank you so much for the compliment of coming over and asking me to play, but I don't think so right. tonight. That's right. That's and right. you don't need to tell them, I'm, my foot hurts. I'm cranky. I, you don't need to say, it's just say, Thank you for the compliment right. of asking. It's just like somebody asking you out on a date. Yes. I mean, you know, use your head. Don't be nasty. You can turn somebody yes. down without being a bitch. Now, what happens if you ask somebody to play and they tell you no? How do you handle the rejection? Or do you just kind of take it in stride and say, if someone says no to me, I'm not going to be upset. You know why? Because then they weren't my perfect play partner. They weren't right for me. So they weren't the best fit. Not that there's a perfect anything. But they weren't the best fit for me. So what does that do? That frees you up to go after. When I say go after. It frees you up to be available and to ask other people, different people. Just relax about it all, too. Yeah. You know, like if somebody turns you down with play, it's not the be-all and the end-all, that's for sure. And somebody might say to you, well, you know, it's Friday night. We're going to be here until Monday morning. Um, meet me in the dungeon Saturday afternoon. Because believe it or not, dungeons are somewhat empty <laughs> on Saturday afternoons. A lot of people and are open. going to demos and to talks and to presentations, that's a good, or out having dinner, or whatever the case may be, yeah. that's a good time sometimes to play in the dungeon, it's not as busy, or things along those lines, but uh, the best thing to do is to play in the dungeon, don't go to somebody's room if you don't know them. Yes, okay, that's, again, the safety issue, that's like, don't go to the guy's car, don't meet him at his house, um, there's absolutely no reason, there is nothing in the room that's any better than what's in the du- that's, that's right. in the dungeon. That's Guarantee right. you, the furniture in the dungeon is much better than anything that could be in his room. Probably. So this is a really good overview of yes. getting started, and yes. essentially just to just to very briefly go over some of the points that we made. Yes. Um, essentially, you got to get out there. You have to be a known quantity. Yep. Um, people will play with you if they know who you are. People yes. will invite you. People will yes. include you if they know Absolutely. who you are. Absolutely. And the only way to know you is if you show up. Show up. Show that up. is critical. One, show up. Right. One munch. One munch. Oh, it's not the kind of women I really wanted to meet at that one uh, munch. No, that isn't going to cut it. Mm-mm. You got to go. And you got to go to other ones. And you, and you call somebody up and say, you want to go with me? Or you meet somebody on FetLife and say, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. Let's introduce ourselves to each other. Yes. Whatever the case may be. Yes. So this is important. You got to show up. That's great. Everything else is going to follow if yes. you show up. up. You got to leave your house. Got to. You gotta, so leave the house. Do it consistently. You can't go to just one lunch and say, I didn't meet anybody. Right. Because different people come. Right. You get the same people come, and then you get new people every time. So every time is another opportunity to meet somebody you didn't get a chance to talk to last time. And talk to people. Talk to people. Be safe. Do our safety tips that we spoke about. What to do at a play party. Negotiations. What you want to do. What you don't want to do. Talk to people. Get to know people. Build self-confidence. Ask. Be an advocate for what you want. What you want to do and need. Uh, kink events are a whole other thing. We're gonna, we have a whole episode based on kink events. And remember consent and negotiate. All the time. All the time. Every, sing, every single every scene. Every single time. That's right. Even if you are with that person for 20 years, my husband and I, we still negotiate. What are we going to do tonight? I mean, I'm in consideration to be colored. We still 
and and we're married almost twenty something years now. Yeah, you know, in the scene, like twenty two yeah. years. Right. So together. So, and then play safe. Get your good surf safe words and ouch and please and stop are not good safe words. <laughs> Just so. Yes, please and stop are not safe words. Ouch is not a safe word either. So good safe words. Uh, if you're topping, check in with your bottoms. And if you're topping, aftercare is absolutely essential to the play. That's part of the play. Right. And the number one rule, be kind. That's all. If someone says no to you, be kind. If you say no to someone, be kind. That's just common sense right there. Right. And I think that will wrap our first episode. Okay. We have just a few closing remarks. Well, you can reach us also. Did you like what we had to say? Do you have questions about what it is we uh, have been talking about? Send us an email, tkw at twokinkywomen.com. Again, two is numeric, twokinkywomen.com. tkw at twokinkywomen.com. Ask us any questions relating to what it is you need to know to get out of your bedroom and... Meet Get in your the car other people. And, Yay. And, and start your kink life. Right. I guarantee you're going to love it. I guarantee you're going to love it. Absolutely. it's awesome. So send us questions. Send us an email, comments, whatever. Now, if you liked what you heard, we have multiple listening podcast forums. And we have a homepage. And when you check out the homepage at... Two Kinky Women Podcast.com. That's the numeric two. You can download for free each month an infographic that tells you everything uh, in a very encapsulated way on the infographic. And each month on the homepage, there is going to be a place where you can listen, read the blog. We have a blog too. And download your free infographic because we are all about the education. Because we are two kinky women. And we want you to be kinky too. Thanks for listening. It was a pleasure. Join us next month. Awesome. We'll see you then. Bye.